Good afternoon. You're listening to KFSK News for Thursday, December 7th. I'm Hannah Floor. The city and borough of Wrangell has suspended the search for 12-year-old Derek Heller, who is the only person left missing from the fatal November 20th landslide. This follows more than two weeks of searching and clearing landslide debris by the Wrangell Volunteer Fire Department, numerous support volunteers, search dogs, and local equipment operators. Kale Casey is a spokesperson for the Alaska Interagency Incident Management Team. He's been at the landslide site with responders and says the teams all came together with one mission. The search has been absolutely monumental. Uh, It's a very dangerous slide path. They mitigated a lot of risk. They operated incredibly safely for days, 15 days in a row, day and night. Uh, A lot of courage to be in there, uh, inclement weather. Uh, obviously very emotional. Searchers found the remains of five people, 65-year-old Otto Florschutz and the Heller family, 44-year-old Timothy, 36-year-old Beth, 16-year-old Mara, and 11-year-old Kara. They also found one survivor, 63-year-old Christina Florschutz, Otto's wife. The slide was 4,000 feet long. The bottom of it stretched into the water, which complicated the search. The slide around the destroyed homes was about 450 feet wide. Casey says searchers had to work through endless amounts of clay and slippery surfaces. He says responders reached all accessible areas above and into the intertidal zone. They want to find Derek and bring closure to the family. When you exhaust all your search areas, when you circle back and check them again, when you're doing the kind of work they're doing, um, there is a point where your search areas um, have been searched, and that's uh, where they got. A press release from the city and borough of Wrangell says search and rescue volunteers and a canine scent detection team will be available if there are any new leads or evidence in specific areas in the future. Petersburg's hospital board will meet tonight at 5.30 p.m. and vote on a letter of support for the construction of the new hospital facility. The letter highlights the importance of the health care services Petersburg Medical Center provides to people in the region, as well as its role as an economic engine in Petersburg. It also outlines the need for replacing the old facility, which is rapidly falling out of code. If approved by the hospital board, the letter will be used to advocate for the new facility, especially in matters related to fundraising. At the last hospital board meeting, the board voted to accept $20 million in a grant from the U.S. Department of the Treasury, for the new facility. Micah Hasbrook, a newcomer to the board, was the only no vote. To date, PMC has secured a total of $29 million for the project, and site work began last month. PMC is requesting $37 million from the 2024 state capital budget to build the shell and core of the main hospital building. Then they'll have to secure another $30 million to complete the project. PMC CEO Phil Hofstetter reports that he met with Alaska Representative Rebecca Hemshoot last month. She represents Petersburg and other House District 2 communities in the state legislature. Hofstetter says they talked about the new hospital facility and health care challenges in the community. PMC will hold a groundbreaking ceremony for the new hospital facility tomorrow at noon on Haugen Drive near 8th Street. The borough will host refreshments after the ceremony in the assembly chambers. All community members are invited to attend. In other business, the Petersburg Borough Assembly passed a resolution to host a joint hospital board assembly work session. The board will discuss scheduling the work session tonight. 
Hospital Board will also review reports from several hospital departments. PMC's nursing unit began seeing the community's first cases of influenza type A last month. At the end of the regular meeting, the board will enter into an executive session to consider medical staff appointments. And again, Petersburg's hospital board will hold its monthly meeting in the assembly chambers of the municipal building this evening at 5.30 p.m. KFSK will broadcast that meeting live and post the recording on our website, kfsk.org. There's more information on KFSK's community calendar. And coming up right after Midday Magazine at 12.30, we will have PMC Live. That is a conversation with medical center officials. And you can call in at 907-772-3808 to ask them questions or make comments. President Biden signed an executive order yesterday that White House officials say will demonstrate the government's respect for tribal sovereignty and self-determination. The order comes as the 11th White House Tribal Nations Summit begins in Washington, D.C. Interior Secretary Deb Holland told reporters the administration has focused on tribal co-management of federal resources and is seeking tribal input on decisions before they become policy. We will announce 190 co-stewardship agreements have been signed this year by our administration. Tribes from coast to coast are playing a greater role in the management of the lands and waters they have cared for since time immemorial. The statement is sure to rankle on the Arctic Slope of Alaska. Tribal leaders, local government, and Alaska Native Corporation leaders there have complained to Congress in recent weeks that Holland won't meet with them to hear their views, which generally favor oil development. The executive order includes provisions intended to make it easier for tribes to access federal funds while adding flexibility and eliminating onerous reporting requirements. Tom Perez, senior advisor to President Biden, told reporters the administration has made record-breaking investments of some $46 billion to tribal nations. Tribal communities know best what is in their community's best interest. And through that partnership, we can they continue to make much-needed updates to tribal roads, bridges, delivering clean water, high-speed Internet to indigenous communities, and to ease the impact of climate change. The Tribal Nations Summit began in 2009 and was an annual event during the Obama administration. Donald Trump did not continue it during his years at the White House. This is President Biden's third summit. The drama students of Ketchikan High School are the only theater troupe in Alaska licensed to perform the official Broadway musical Frozen. The K-High Drama Kings were chosen by Disney in a national competition as one of 55 schools in the country given the rights to perform the play, which has never before been seen off-Broadway. KRBD's Jack Darrell reports on the opening night festivities in the wet winter kingdom. A large crowd is gathered on Mission Street. Normally, they'd be standing underneath the iconic Welcome to Ketchikan sign. On this rainy Friday, though, a banner hangs over the street that says Welcome to Arendelle in big blue letters. Mayor Dave Kiefer addresses the crowd. Whereas the K-High Drama Kings have been honored by being chosen by the Walt Disney Company, Musical Theater International, and the International Vestment Society to present the Alaskan debut of Frozen, the Broadway musical, and whereas the Drama Kings are the Alaska high school winners of the National United States of Frozen musical competition, 
Kiefer stands beneath the new sign holding a proclamation, flanked on both sides by the K-High Drama Kings. And whereas the K-High Drama Kings production of Frozen will honor the musical's message of love and acceptance, therefore I, Dave Kiefer, mayor of the city of Ketchikan, hereby declare that from November 24th to December 3rd, 2023, Ketchikan will be known as Arendale. And the city motto will be, the rain never bothered us anyway. The crowd is all ages. Kids on their parents' shoulders, cheering teenagers, elderly photo takers. The mayor's proclamation is just the beginning. It kicks off a series of celebrations before the upcoming Friday night premiere. The excitement is palpable. I'm excited for to see how this play turns out. Aurora Hop is dressed as her favorite character, wearing a light blue princess dress. For it's going to be so magical. Every, almost every seat in the auditorium is going to be filled. And I feel like this is a big, like a big, most popular show ever that almost everybody wants to see. Do you like Frozen? Have you seen it before? Yes, I have seen it way too many times to count. Her sister Anaya Hop is dressed the same way. Anaya, who's almost nine, says she helped with costume design. We like Frozen because we sisters. And we share rooms, and we, we like Frozen because it's sisters and we're sisters. Aurora, Anaya, and the other newly minted citizens of Arendelle head across town to Parnassus Books to meet with the cast and crew. Tommy Varela Kosak is the mastermind behind the new play. He's the theater teacher and play director at K-High. He says the theme of the national competition was Love is an Open Door. And it wasn't hard for him to show how his drama club embodied that. So, of course, living in Southeast Alaska, we were like, oh, well, we're probably closest out of any 50 states to, like, what actually inspired the world of Frozen. And it also wasn't hard for them to put their unique spin on it. Our set is inspired by Southeast and, and uh, you know, Elsa's ice, everything being in, inspired by glaciers. And, and the colors story that we try to use for our show is all inspired by, by the nature and the beauty of the natural world of Southeast Alaska. Behind him, a toddler tears through the bookshelves to hug Olaf the snowman. Do you hear it? You hear it? You hear it? In the play, Anna and Elsa are princesses of Arendelle. Elsa has ice powers and Anna doesn't. It creates a rift between them, and on her coronation day, Elsa accidentally sends the entire kingdom into an eternal winter and then goes into exile. The rest of the play explores the sisters' journey to resolve their conflict. With the premiere fast approaching, the musical stars and choreographers invite attendees to the dance studio to learn the dances from the musical. Chaselyn Spencer plays Elsa. She's had to rehearse these dances many times. It's been a lot of pressure, but it's also been a lot of fun and probably the best learning experience in theater that I have ever gotten. And it's not a role that she takes lightly. It feels like an honor because this is such a huge thing for everyone in Ketchikan and Alaska. Then opening night finally arrives. Red carpet is outside the Ketchikan High School Auditorium. They're billing it as a pre-coronation block party. Okay. Enjoy the show. Hanana Kabi, a senior at Ketchikan High School, plays Anna, 
sister of Elsa, heir to the throne of Arendelle, and one of the show's leads. In her words, she's been in like a bajillion plays, but none like this. This is the biggest show I have ever done. And yeah, I'm like a lead, so it's really cool. <laughs> she's standing with other cast members at the front of the auditorium before curtain. It's honestly so fulfilling. Like the dynamic of this, like we have ages from seven to 18 and we're just like all having a blast. <laughs> Oliver Wutski agrees. He's a junior and plays Oaken, the Norwegian shopkeeper. Um, I really like Oaken. Um, I haven't taken on a Norwegian accent, so that's fun to do. And um, I think this cast is super great. Um, out of all the casts I've been in, I feel like this one has the most positivity. Go Frozen! The curtain closes on Frozen's Alaska opening night to a standing ovation. In Arendelle, I'm Jack Darrell. Last month was National Native American Heritage Month. In a press release on Thursday, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration celebrated by highlighting a rescue by the Metlakatla Indian community. Back in July, NOAA's Office of Law Enforcement in Ketchikan received a call. A whale-watching company had spotted a humpback whale tangled in line and dragging buoys through Blank Inlet. They responded to the whale on the south side of Gravina Island. Soon, they were joined by the Metlakatla Indian Community's Department of Fish and Wildlife. Entangled whales frequently avoid boats, and attempting to cut visible gear off can actually make things worse. So specialized equipment and training is needed. Dustin Winter is Metlakatla's Fish and Wildlife Director. He and his team were the only people in the community with that training. For years, Winter had kept the department up to date on the Entanglement Response Program in preparation for an event like this one. After capturing some underwater video, they discovered the whale was caught through the mouth by a thick line attached to unmarked buoys. They came up with an action plan. They figured out which line needed to be cut with a special tool, and in the late evening, the line was finally severed. By morning, the whale was free. Noah Fisheries commended the Metlakatla Indian community's team on what they called a safe and successful rescue. Noah says if you see an entangled whale, don't approach it. It can be dangerous, and instead, you should contact experts who have the proper training. To help an entangled whale, call NOAA's 24-7 hotline at 877-9-AK-RP-RD, or you can hail the U.S. Coast Guard on VHF Channel 16, and they will relay the report. For KFSK, I'm Hannah Floor.